calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome back to the League of Ultimate Questing, where no dungeon is too deep and no quest is too questionable. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. With me as always is Stormclad Thundertongue, and would an orc by any other name be so sweet? Weird. That was weird. Weird intro, Kip. In recent LUQ events, the Broken Ballad is back on the questing scene after a short hiatus and recovering from the loss of a teammate. Daxton's death machine smashed their way through their trial of ascension, and I mean literally. They're still doing repairs on the field. New teams and some that didn't make the cut are doing some early season training to prepare for next year's Grand Proving. All signs point to new more exciting teams joining the league in the near future, and I couldn't be more excited. One thing's for sure. No matter how many brave buffoons get swallowed whole on live scry, Golden Fame will guarantee an endless supply of Kraken Kibble. It's a good time to be an adventure voyeur and a great time to be a man-eating dire possum. Dire possums? That's... that's not a real thing, is it? I don't know. First thing came to mind. Never seen one myself, but if a rustling in a stone giant's trash can didn't yield a big-ass garbage weasel, I'd be shocked. Well, with that strange thought in mind, let's tune back in on the Mortal Dawn as they step into the dangerously named Gulag of Blades in the heart of a secluded Feywild fortress. Will they put an end to the mysterious miasma, or will this House of Knives cut them down to size? Let's find out now! Mortal Dawn stands at the stairway leading into the Gulag of Blades, an ancient fey prison used to trap the humans who went too deep into the Feywild, who cut down too many trees, who tread where they didn't belong. Resting beneath Terminus Fort, which is a neutral emissary between the humans and the fey, after solving some puzzles and exploring the mansion, they found their way here. They discovered the true name of the Corvair Sword. And now they have found the source of this strange metallic gas that fills the air and poisons the Fae. How do you proceed? I'm not sure we'll be comfortable down here. I'm not feeling great. Does anybody have some way to cover the faces, keep us safe? Just just the scarves we got. Maybe. Hmm. If I was to bust open one of these uh, healing potions mm -hmm. and pour it onto these scarves, would that act as like a gas mask in case, against any threats um you could also just use any kind of liquid the magic of the potion wouldn't like protect from any kind of toxin there's no fair enough yeah uh yeah i'll take each of the scarves and i'll just go ahead and pour some some clean liquid on it some clean water make mm -hmm. sure they're nice and damp keep these tether on your face make sure not to take them off under any circumstances and if you have any way to shield your eyes a hat for example <laughs> <laughs> sorry i totally forgot uh yep Domain farms. Mm -hmm. Always there to protect you from evil magics? It is perfect. <laughs> uh, and Morty seems very reticent to want to go down there. The smell is so strong for him. He's like whimpering and yeah. pawing around. We cannot leave you here. I don't know if we'll be able to get back. And the idea that we might be sent out on the other side, this could be a problem. Gives Arvid's hand a lick. We have to get a mask for Morty. The... <laughs> do you think that's going to work? Chris, do you have any perfumes or anything? We could just blot out his scent with something else. What is uh, this? Uh, some uh, plague doctor in the middle of nowhere who seems to think uh, herbs stuffed into a beak will protect them from disease? This is not how disease works. Could at least make it less painful. They hmm. smell better, perhaps. No, the liquid in the cloth is the only way to go. We could try to drape something across his face. Uh, Chris will uh, actually, you know, rip 
the sleeve off of his coat and hand it to Artyom and then just try to mend it. Yes, your threads. <laughs> the sleeve's just like slightly shorter now, but it's kind of stylistic. Hmm. <laughs> Let me just hem this up. Yeah. Uh, and if you even take just small pieces of fabric and stuff them up, Morty's giant <laughs> nostrils, that'll stop a lot of the uh, pain that he's feeling. He won't have his strong sense of smell like usual, but he also won't be breathing in as much horrible smoke gas. Seems like a good idea. So he gets wadded and packed up. <laughs> Seems happy enough. From down below, you can just hear what sounds like a grinding noise echoing through long cavernous hallways. How far is it down? Can I see the bottom of the stairs? No. I mean, the stairs, yeah. The stairs go down probably a good 40 feet, and then it levels off into what looks like a dark hallway. I only wish we could take a full rest and get ourselves comfortable, but that does not seem likely. We can't stay here long. How about I stealth down there? Make no noise. I'll give you guys a quick report back. Please do. Sounds good. Let's see a stealth roll. That's a unnatural 20. Still very good. So Nim tiptoes down the stone steps, making not a peep, covering her mouth against the smoky, smoky mist, makes it down into the hallway. And you can see that it extends a great distance ahead and begins to curve around. Maybe 60 feet ahead of you along the curve, you can see what looks like a series of barred doors like you would find in a prison. It's very dark down here. Nim looks back up to outside, seeing you all, and gestures you down and gives the finger over the mouth quiet sign. What? <laughs> so small just, echoing just, of what, what, what? Just down the hall. Uh, she means be quiet. This makes sense. <laughs> Morty pads down instantly and gives you a big... Awesome. And then Nim, Nim will make a bit of room and walk a little bit down with Morty, holding him back from anything that might trigger him. Sure. Not that Nim's going to be able to hold the dog back. But. <laughs> He's allowing you to <laughs> yes. keep a pace with him. Yes. Okay. Um, and as you continue down the hallway, you approach what looks like the first set of these heavy metal prison doors. There are a dozen of them on each side of the hallway before it winds around into another hallway out of your sight. Are there holes or viewing ports or like slats that we can open up in them? Yeah, they're actually just wide open metal bars. Oh, okay. Reveal a very small chamber inside with a slab of a bed. When you said barred doors, my brain jokingly thought barred doors. Oh, yeah. Like... Um, and then immediately afterwards forgot that what barred, <laughs> what bar meant. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a, there's a tavern inside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one swings open like a saloon. Ooh. Yeah. No, the first one you see um, has a body laid out on the bed. What kind of body? Uh, it looks like a human body that is wearing uh, green and silver armor with the head separated from the torso. I wonder uh, if he has any kind of identification with him and attempt to open the door. It is very locked. Attempt harder. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can attempt to strength doors open. That is, uh, that is a testament of D&D. If no one interrupts me, yeah, absolutely attempt. Yeah. As, as Arvid is doing this. That's I'm... a critical failure. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Like, important pause. Gently slapping the door. <laughs> fall back and i'm just like you like gently pull a muscle without letting anyone know like <laughs> uh, nim, nim nim creeps basically between arvid's legs pops up in front of the door latch mm -hmm. um and inserts her thieves tools okay before i turn anything i look back at the group i'm like are you sure you want me to just open this we don't know who this is he seems to have the same colored armor as the knights that hired us i suspect it's this a-tier fellow I think it is a good idea. Worst case scenario, we can take back some proof that this person is dead to the people who are looking for them. Hmm. Alternatively, this looks like good armor. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. All right, one second. 13. 13 does not open this finely made prison door. Mm. Your tools are not quite right for the job. Damn. Well, next door. Next door. The next door, you see two bodies, one of them laying out over the bed, kind of like it got spilled there, and the other one just draped onto the floor. They have been, again, decapitated and quite damaged. Same outfit? Yeah, same military outfit. Did I this one, maybe? Yeah, let's give this a shot. That's a bit better. 15. 15 is not enough to open the prison door. Ah. Um, that's 19. 19 is not enough to strength open these iron doors. Oh. Well... That's not surprising. <laughs> I mean, you hear a bending a little bit. Stone gives a hair, but you're just not quite strong enough. These are very well fortified. Next door. If you want to keep trying to unlock them, you are more yeah, than welcome yeah. to. Yeah, let's do it. 19. 
for lockpicking, that is enough to open this door. Um, this one's a little bit older than the others. You managed to physically break it. The lock will never work again, but it does open. Phew, got that one. That one's for all my family members back in the neithers. <laughs> sure they're rooting for me. Yeah. Uh, and this one has another knight who has just been gutted from belly button to neck. Artyom? I'm going to check that armor. Yeah. Okay, uh, it looks like a very damaged suit of scale mail. Damn. So does it look like they've been dead long? I'm sorry, I was paying a little bit too much attention to the armor. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take a quick taste of the blood, see its coagulation and all that stuff. Sure. That's a 22. Okay, you would imagine this body has probably been dead for 10 to 15 days. It's starting to decompose a bit. The blades that cut it open seem to have been very sharp, and there's no sign of poison. It smells like rotten fruit and almonds. Can I tell what cut it open? A very sharp blade, large-sized. Serrated, more like axy or like a knife or sword? No, smooth and sharp. Something very nimble and surgical. Hmm. Whatever killed these things, know what it was doing. This isn't something like Arvid gutting somebody from the gut to uh, ghoulies. This is uh, something else. Speaking of Arvid, though, can't you kind of detect magic? Yeah, we went over that. I wonder if you can see if these were magical blades that cut these heads off. I know, you might have to, like, touch it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm getting the feels, the woobly-doobly's. You reach out for your uh, furbolg ancestry, realizing you have already used that gift for the day. Oh, right. (laughs) Man, I can't quite get it anymore. Just give me a minute. It's like popping your knuckles. Your ancestors may have abandoned you. (laughs) This is an unhallowed place. Severed corpses or not, this place is still better than Enzazine, don't you think, Nim? I've seen a bunch of severed corpses in Andesign from where I'm from. <laughs> and the hallway continues onward. You can see what looks like a total of maybe two dozen of these bodies, and they're only in the first row of cells. After that, the next floor down has the exact same setup for 12 cell doors on each side, but they are completely empty. It gets darker and darker the deeper you go, and the sound of the grinding gets slightly louder. I don't like the feel of this. All the prisoners have... Had their heads severed? I, I fear this might be the Corvia sword. These were also not the creatures that were supposed to be here. This place is not designed for the people who serve this place. This mm-hmm. is obviously something, well, a show of force, a show of, uh, now what is the word, humiliation? Right, the captors have become the captives. Is that word, captive? I think so. I like this. Hmm. Um... Also, where are the heads? Is this an attempt to keep anyone from recognizing them? And further, the grinding? Is that? Do you hear that sound? The heads, probably again, the defiling a corpse is a common thing. Where do they put them? Hang them up for decoration? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Would Nim be able to tell the sound of sharpening of blades? Mm. Uh, yeah, we'll say you could. This doesn't sound like that. This sounds okay. like some kind of very... If, if it was someone sharpening a sword, it would be ginormous. Yes, okay. We're going to find the tube with the chain armor sword. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, obviously is an out here real quick. <laughs> sword. DM's oh, eyebrow sorry. raises and a note comes out. <laughs> How do you feel about us just doing like an active investigation to check anything for interesting as we go? Yes, absolutely. Well, actually, you're the best with investigation. Go ahead and slap me in the face with that. Got it. Another natty 20. Wow. Jesus. Ultimate rogue. <laughs> Ultimate utility rogue. I would I, say they're weighted, but they're metal. You can't really <laughs> weight the metal die. <laughs> Uh, you continue three more floors after the first two. You are now five floors down. You're very deep in the earth. These hallways are both long and with very tall ceilings. And you haven't found anything unusual in the cells. They don't look like they've been used in over a hundred years. There's a layer of dust the further down you go. And as you get to the lowest level, you can tell it levels off. The stairway does not continue after this. And as you're walking down this hall again, peering into the cages, looking for any kind of sign of unusual activity, you startled and jump as the bars of one rattle immediately as this body slams into it, hands wrapping around it and reaching out towards you saying, you have to help me, please help. I'm so hungry. Nim recoils. Got a live one. What? No. <laughs> I reach into my bag and grab a hunk of like biscuit and uh-huh. something and I toss it into the cell. All right. Uh, you see the figure reach down to grab it and pull it up to his lips and begin munching, but his hands pass right through it and whatever he's eating is in his imagination just you gotta help me i've been here so long i don't deserve this and he has the garb of like a woodcutter but a fashion that's long out of style maybe i don't have a live one i think maybe that you do deserve this i did nothing just my job clear cutting i trust 
yeah, I'm a lumber worker. And they trapped me and kept me in this cage. Look, all I did was take hundreds of lives without asking the uh, the nature spirits and forest if this was okay. Yes, I think you deserve to be here. And he begins weeping and wailing. I've never, ever asked for the spirits to let me chop down a tree. Yeah, well, then if you get taken into this place, then maybe you know why. You have a very harsh sense of justice. This is not about justice. This is about somebody violating somebody else's desires, and they have to suffer for it. Okay, well, I'm just saying you probably didn't know. Or if we live in the world of magic. If you're about to cut down the tree, maybe you think for a second, uh, maybe this magical forest, maybe don't cut it down. <laughs> I'm going to remind you of this the next time you eat something at all. I don't you know. see another set of hands lash uh, out from the bars on the opposite side, saying, help me, please. And what did you do? Who's there? Uh, the eyes have been gouged out of the head on this one. And you can see they're just like bandaged from the elbows down and most of the face, almost like mummified. Can we tell that they're spectral and not really there? With a degree of studying, you can tell that they are slightly transparent. Oh. And, and they are undead? They are, yes. And you can oh. feel this dark presence in each of these caves. Just being here, you can feel like hundreds of years of torture and torment. Who put you in here? The Fae. Wicked. Long-eared magicians. That doesn't seem very nice, but they did put you in prison. What did you do? I'm a cartographer. I study. I make maps. I find places. I guess they didn't want him to find this place. <laughs> okay, this one seems maybe like it doesn't deserve this. <laughs> Look, you got down three. That is taking a life. You draw something on the piece of paper. I fail to see how this hurts anybody. Well, it might be the same reason we couldn't get maps to this place to begin with. They don't want it to be found. Duh. I somehow don't believe that this uh, deserves an eternity of suffering and eyelessness. Fate justice for you. Fair fickle, though. Maybe we can just ask them to let them go now. Somehow I don't think trying to bargain with the Fae is a good idea. Do you think you can maybe help me with trying to perform some kind of sending ceremony? Maybe. I'm only half known, but I feel pretty connected to this place. You're a paladin, da? Ah, that is true. But why don't we ask them some more questions? Who's walked down these halls, sir? As I gesture to the woodcutter, let's say. Because he actually has eyes, and you'd be able to see. <laughs> hey, buddy, you seen anything? <laughs> the figure says, the same faces every day for my entire life. Decades. That damn smirking prick with pink hair. Yeah, that sounds like our friend Jarakis. Is this a name you know? Jarakis? Shakes his head no. And there's a chorus of different voices echoing as the activity begins to rise in the hall as every cell now has hands rattling and latching at it saying, help me, help me, help me. The never mind, maybe sending ceremony is not so good. I'm not here to try and judge, jury, and executioner for each of these people. But maybe you're right. Perhaps we can convince them to let these people go. It'd really just be releasing their souls. We've seen how some souls got released back in the swamps. That did not look pleasant. No, I don't like Feywild. This is, um, balls. <laughs> Shall we continue, everybody? We might help later, but not now. <laughs> no, no, let. I'm like reaching up, please help me. No, let. I'll come back. Okay, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> yes, and the group proceeds walking down the very center of the hall, just out of the reach by a few inches of these hands, reaching out desperately trying to get a hold of something. So... Translucent doesn't mean like spectral. They're not just hanging out in their cells because they're magically locked there. They physically can't get out. You think perhaps the cells themselves are haunted by the spirits that were locked there. Are these bars cold iron? They are not. No. Okay. What is the scenario with the cold iron mist? Is it stronger down here than it was up? Oh, yes. The further down you get, the stronger it becomes. The air is almost just like a tiny bit foggy at this point. I suspect whatever is making the grinding sound might be producing the gold iron. Maybe it is filament cut inside of uh, some kind of steam. Mm -hmm. Possibly. But we won't know until we get down there. Would you stop trying to grab me? <laughs> Please. Oh, help Rude. Rude. <laughs> you guys manage to leave the last hallway full of prison cells and enter a long, narrow walkway, almost like a maintenance walkway at the lowest level of a building. And it begins to turn from stone to metal. There are support beams holding it up. And while the walkway is narrow, the ceiling gets higher and higher. It becomes a walkway of meshed uh, metal. You begin walking on this metal grate. Uh, you can see down below a huge quarry, a massive opening with a wide floor of stone. From your vantage point, you can all peer down and see a haunting scene. 
There are massive stone walls that cast shadows into the center of this quarry. There near the center is an obelisk of metal, a kind of pale blue iron with runes grafted into the side that seem to be hissing and sizzling as they burrow their way into it. And it's emitting this silver colored smoke into the air straight up like a geyser of gas. There are figures walking around, milling about. They're wearing dark black leather armor and they carry swords on their hips. Some of them are up along the walls. And there on the farthest wall is a crucifix made of swords. Mounted onto it is a figure with pale blue skin buried in at the wrists and at the ankles with blades. He has pink hair cascading down his body and a massive sword buried into his chest, holding him aloft. And there are figures moving towards him the white hair standing out against their midnight black skin as they pull the blade out of his chest as another one replaces it. They turn and bring it over to the opposite end of the room where there is a glowing portal and they place the blade into it. And there's like a conveyor work of these drow burying swords into this figure and throwing them into a portal one after the other as this cold iron obelisk emits this poisonous smoke into the air. Their faces are covered by leather masks. Goggles cover their eyes. Oh my. Arjun, what are they doing? They're creating an arsenal. They're using his blood to enchant their weapons for a war. That seems exploitive. We have to stop them as quickly as possible. I cannot wait any longer. You said we're on top of a grate? Is like a catwalk? Yeah, and there's a stairway that leads down into the quarry from here. Okay. Arjun. Quickly. No, take <clears throat> this. Take this. I pull my coat off. Mm-hmm. I hand it to Crest. Uh, yes, yes. I will distract them as best I can. You will know my signal. Okay? Okay. Play to your strengths. I trust you. Okay. Wait, what's the plan? We're going to fight. We're just going to go in? That's what it looks like. But you got me here. (laughs) Perhaps we can get them to come out one by one and bottleneck them up here. Or trap them in the empty cells. I'm going to start walking down the stairs as soon as I see that they're out of the way. Okay. That they're hidden. Sure. And what do you wear under your coat? Um, It's my scale mail. It's kind of a deep red enameling. Okay. Uh, And you're not trying to hide yourself? Not at all. Okay. Chris talks to Nim. Nim, maybe you can sneak down and try to release the Corvus sword or, or something while we distract. I bet he'd mess them up. Indeed. Perhaps we will find a ally down there. You're right. So tell me about Artyom's distraction. I start walking down the stairs, and as soon as anybody catches eye of me, mm-hmm. I'm going to... Oh, shit. This is going to be challenging. So I'm going to tell you what I'm intending to do. I am intending to present myself as mm-hmm. an authority figure. Okay. Someone in a position of power and to draw their eye being the of myself. Um, I will let you, as you're descending, uh, make me a history check. Okay. Just looking over these drow that are working. 13 plus nothing special. That's enough. You spent a lot of time studying the different aristocracies of drow and things like that, working with foreigners from other hives and things like that. Um, you recognize the markings on their armor as hive Valithian Thar which is the largest metropolis drow city in all of the Underdark. They are militaristic, capitalistic. They are a huge power. Hive Drogendroff are basically like a working colony that they view as, you know, kind of like a resource that they can go and milk every once in a while. Mm -hmm. They have their hands in the government of all the different cities of the drow. They're just the largest political and military power. They look down on a lot of other hives. They also have an autocracy, uh, which is led by Lady Alaneth of the Spire. All right. Yikes. <laughs> Does anyone have any way to do a little buff? I'm going to hit myself with guidance. Okay. All right. So RDM is going to cause a distraction. I will let him play out that scene, and then we'll see how your group responds. Knowing that he's going to go do that, uh, Chris just wants to take this moment to uh, clasp his hands together, the diamond side up top, and then move them apart. It looks like raindrops fall upon his uh, bottom hand, mm-hmm. and he's going to convert four sorcery points to get an extra third level spell slot. The rest with your comrades. I walk down. A couple of the nearby workers look up. Who goes there? A fellow servant of the lady. When were you assigned to this place? I wasn't. They kind of look to each other, confused. I found my way here, through the shift. They once again eye each other. I haven't seen another drive in years. Years? I reek of it now. That place, that place between worlds. How did you make it to this dungeon? I don't know. I think I was brought here, brought to the presence of something nearby. I found this. I hold out my wand. Mm-hmm. I found this sitting in a glade. Some filthy fae was uh, trying to say that I needed to do something, so I killed her. And now I'm here. I was wandering through the dark, what felt like an eternity, and now I'm here and now I have you, and I have some way back to the Underdark. 
Uh, roll me a deception check. Nope. That's a two. You want to roll the d4 just to get, I mean. One. All right. The two of them look to each other and one sister to the other. Fetch Lady Belgith. And he takes off in a quick, dexterous stance. And he holds his two swords at his hips and says, don't move. After a moment, you see the one come back with two more soldiers and this female drow whose head has been shaved down all but a simple line going down the back, which expands into a massive golden white braid that hangs down with heavy metallic spiders descending down it. And she's wearing these kind of silken robes with black armor pieces over the breast pieces and the shoulder and the elbows. I dropped one knee. And she says... You're lost, and you came here. I was brought here. By what? I do not know. You know as well as I do that the shift can do as it wills. So some lost beet farmer wandered into the shift, and now you're here. Beet farmer? How dare you? I am second hand to Dimitri Despidier. <laughs> A noble beet farmer. <laughs> A doctor and poisoner. Perhaps we should return you to the city and have them deal with you. And how would you do that? She gestures to the portal against the wall. By what means do you create portal? And do you declare war on the Feywilds on behalf of the entirety of the hives? <laughs> we declare war on whoever we need to. We are amassing weaponry, the likes of which we've never had our hands on before. This is an unprecedented victory. What do you plan to take? Everything. How do you begin? Finding your way out of the Underdark in such a way that allows you to move en masse this must be impossible. Your words take time from my ambitions. Take him to the portal and bring him to the council. Maybe you can help me with something. Yes. Do you know what this wand is? And I point it directly at her. Mm -hmm. And I wait for her to come closer. She just eyes it and says, bring it to me. One of the soldiers moves forward with his hands on one of his blades. And I kind of like gesture and point it towards him. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I activate it. Yes. Causing the spear to jut right out into him. That's that how it do. Uh, 14 plus 6. Oh yeah, that'll hit. Uh, go ahead and deal me that sweet poison and piercing damage. I will do precisely that. So that's 10 plus 3, so 13. All right. So with a snap, the thorns bury into the palm of your hand and it extends immediately, piercing through his drow leather and burying the wooden blade into his chest. And he stops and coughs up a little bit of blood as the soldiers out on the floor all begin to draw their swords at the same time. And you all see this happening. It's time for you to bleed, slave keepers. Now, while Artyom was doing a good job of distracting a couple of the nearby guards and the person in charge... Was Nim able to get to a point where instead of going down the stairs like the same way he went, mm -hmm. around to a position where I could drop down onto the Corvair sword who's crucified on his own swords mm -hmm. and start releasing him from there? I like that. And this is a great distraction because everyone near the stairs is busy dealing with this outsider and the leader's watching. So I'm going to have you do an acrobatics check to move along the scaffolding and the support beams. All right. And then a stealth check to not be seen by the guards that are walking on the walls. Perfect. Acrobatics. That is a 28. <laughs> yeah. So you easily do the, the nimble climbing. And now for the Heidi part. 16. Sorry, 17. 17. I rolled an eight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is the highest of the two rolls. So uh, you manage to scamper down as quickly as you can before this explosion of chaos happens in the quarry floor. And you land in front of the Corvair sword right when all of this goes down. Looks like the source of the Fey Embassy's woes is none other than a deadly regime of Dark Elves. What kind of sinister machinations are at play in the heart of their murderous plans? I'm sure you've gone head-to-head -head with your share of Drow in the past, Storm. What do you say playing out here? Look, Drow are some of the most dangerous opponents on two legs. Silent as the grave, swinging swords the second they're tall enough to hold them, and magic fueled by all kinds of nasty shadow deities and sacrificial rituals. How will the Hive Drow, anyway? We get a handful of refugees who get the hell out of Drow Dodge and make for the surface to start their new life. And I can't blame folks like Archim for trying to get a slice of that good old surface world pie. But the ones that still salute the home flag tend to be as bloodthirsty and tactical as they come. Blades, poisoned, accuracy, impeccable, mercy, zilch. Well, unless they can find a way to talk their way out of it, which hasn't always been the Mortal Dawn's strong suit, it looks like we're in for a heart-racing, all-out dungeon brawl. Well, you put it like that, gets me all chuffed. I hope they brought some antitoxins. Yeah, <laughs> let's get it. Get it, we shall. Right after this word from our sponsors. Are you living the Ivory Coast life in Inlakes, but have a craving for Den Missourian braised oxen? Maybe you're living the big city life in Anmar, but you'd do anything for a few bottles of Rogami Insider. 
Even Camarians get hungry for Dornish cinnamon loaf. Well, now you can have what you're hungry for, when and where you want it, with Portmates. This new Scryphone Rune app lets you order cuisine from all over the Five Kingdoms, which gets flung through the ley lines of magic and transported directly to your door. Portmates. Twice the price for zero effort. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey all you cuties, Zach again here with a little bit of housekeeping. First off, I want to thank everyone for listening. You are all so unbelievably amazing. I can't express how happy we are to have people who love this work and support the way you do. Um, Whether that's through listening, sharing, or contributing on Patreon, like our amazing legendary team, Jeff Hammonds and Dave Blondinoff, everything you do to show your support is appreciated. And it goes a long way towards keeping us going. I want to take a moment to thank our newest patrons, Wolfdaddy72, awesome, Squam the Squamous, excellent, and Aiden, whose last name I am afraid of messing up, so I'm going to throw some name spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Don, Down, Dane, Dean, Dunn, or Doan? Any of those, gotta be one of them, and if it's not one of those, get a better name. I'd also like to thank Tori Christensen for helping out with all the editing. Uh, It's truly fantastic to have a break from this stuff, and she's been super supportive and helpful and gave some great feedback recently, so that's awesome. Uh, Speaking of, we actually might be seeing some changes soon. In addition to fixing our audio for the upcoming recording knock on wood, Um, you may see some format changes in the near future, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Our other podcast, D20 Questions, is still on a mini hiatus, but we're recording a new episode here soon, and we're looking forward to getting back into it with a new vision and getting that rolling. But seriously, you all are fantastic, and we cannot thank you enough. We've seen a bit of a listenership plateau this last couple of months, and that is probably due in no small part to us not participating enough in the community. And we want you to know that any and all comments, questions, criticisms are welcome, and we genuinely care about what you love and what you don't love about the show. Feel free to jump on Twitter at Slap the Dash or on our Facebook page, Slap Dash Studios or even our Discord server, and don't forget to share the word. We don't do any advertising on this show, and it's a lot of work for us to keep going, so the more people that love and support us the way you do, the better. Anyway, let's get back to the action. What's up, cool cats and kittens? I'm famous rock and roll ranger, Shred Tugent. I'm famous for killing monsters big and small. If you're anything like me, you'll leave a trail of lifeless corpses in your wake. Well, I'm here to introduce you to my new cookbook and way of life. If you kill it, you eat it. It's the Slay and Filet Diet. I'll give you killer recipes for shambling mound kimchi, abolith and chips, cloaker wrapped grick on a stick, and minotaur tar. Order today and get three of my signature monster killing arrows, sold nationwide at Archery Outlet. I may not have a very high intelligence, but boy can I kill and eat. Slay and Filet, it's time to feed the beast. To your friends and family. Right. So we've set up the board and rolled our initiative, and first up is RTM. All right. So first I'm going to hit myself with Shield of Faith. Mm-hmm. All the residual light in the room just kind of coalesces on my body. I step forward into these disgusting filth, and I unleash a burning hands into the lady and the two that are right by me. Very good. So I'm going to make three dexterity saving throws for the drow in front of you. Okay. Soldiers. All right. Well, one of them failed fully. The other two made it. Okay. So go ahead and give me that sweet damage. And what is that again? Uh, 3d6. Thank you. Six, two, and six. Hey, nice. <laughs> 14. Plus 14. Uh, anything? Nope. That's a flat roll on that one. So you slap yourself with the shield of faith and you step forward in a gout of heavy, intense fire right in her face mm-hmm. and hitting the two on either side of her as well. Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? You will burn in the fires of the suns. 
and then I will step back and try to move on to the stairs behind me, risking an attack of opportunity from that guard. Yeah, he will take his one attack of opportunity. I'll hit him with a warding flare. Shazam! Schwanzo. Let's see, what has he got? Okay. Uh, coming at you with the lowest of the two, which is a 17. Mm, that is a miss. Very good. So blinded by the fire that just hit him in the face, he takes a mad swing with this razor-sharp two-handed blade, and uh, you leap back onto the stairs. And as the fire starts to clear, you can see one of them got very badly injured. The other one was already wounded, but he managed to duck out of the way, still burning and singeing. And the lady, her clothes are starting to like smolder and burn, and some of the fire just like sucks up into the palm of her hand. Drop scum. And that makes it their turn. Oh, and I will move your miniature back onto the stairs where it is safe. So on their turn, they are now aware of the commotion going on, and I will roll to see if the archers on the walls have seen the two of you and Nim. Yes, I rolled exceptionally. <laughs> uh, so one of them is going to attempt to follow our team up the stairs because they only really fit one at a time. Oh man, I stealthed over there and everything and they still saw me. You made it there. Then when you landed, they were definitely aware of you. Damn. But the fact that you managed to get through all of that. Okay, I'll take it. All right, so the one that follows our team up the stairs is going to attempt to slash at you with his blade. Do they have multi-attack? They do not, so he's just going to take one slash. Okay. Uh, that's a miss. Okay. And the one down on the ground is going to take a hand crossbow off of his belt and then fire it up at you. Okay. Wow, rolling shitty. That dice is misbehaving. Yeah, they both rolled absolute butt cheeks. Lovely. Um, Let's it up for <laughs> The dice are on your side in that one. These two are going to move up and attempt to stab Nim. That is a miss and a total of 20 on the second one. Uh, 20 will hit. And I have the scarf around me right now, right? Mm -hmm. So I have one more AC, do I not? Yeah, if they let you use the extra scarf, absolutely. I would have kind of assumed it would have been... Yeah, I mean, it was gifted to the other four, but you had an extra scarf if you wanted him to be able to carry it. That's Yeah, we didn't check on that. I can't think of any reason why I wouldn't have. Yeah. Actually, even better, can we have a quick flashback where the moment I give up on Harithax, mm -hmm. I pull out the cloak and I'm like, oh, here you go. You don't just like drop it on her like a blanket? Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So that puts your total AC at what? 18. Cool. Good to know. I rolled max damage. So you take 13 slashing damage. Oh, yeah. this razor sharp, long dark elf blade. With that level of damage, I can't even keep my mouth closed on something like that. Oh, absolutely. Damn. Yeah, that was a big roll. Uh, and the two crossbowmen are going to attempt to take one shot at each of you two up on the wall. Wait, the crossbowmen have extensions of their clan even into the drow community? Yes, the crossbowmen are even in the dark elf community. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, wow, what fucking shit-ass rolls. Um, that was so impressive. One of them did not pass a 10. The one that's coming in at Crist gets an 11. It misses. All right. So you're both far enough away, and they're shooting through the cloud of mist coming out of this obelisk, and the heavy metal crossbow bolts bury into the stone at your feet. <sighs> and the lady, oh, the lady, she's going to hold her action and move back to the obelisk. And she shouts a command to the drow behind her. This is, get the weapons into the portal now. Keep the weapons away from the portal now. Uh, Arvid, that makes it your turn. Okay, so she's out of my range, right? Uh, yes. Ding dang. Do you guys want me to be the goalie and just hang out in front of the portal and be oh, like, yeah. yep, no. I just kind of just yell, Arvid, do you ever play field hockey? Uh-huh. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, Arvid, leap down and wonder if I can whack anyone on my way. Can I? Yeah, you could either move that way and hit someone or you could move that way and get to the portal by, just, right. by just leaping. I'll just jump in front of the portal. Okay. And, uh, pull out parody. Be ready. Sure. Go ahead and roll me an athletics check to see how well you jump down a good 15 feet. Rightfully with a 15, 16. Yeah. You impact and your knees are very sore from it, but you do just fine. <laughs> oh, you didn't barrel roll? <laughs> Don't barrel. <laughs> Sorry. Do the, the link tumble. Exactly. Action roll. Action Ooh. roll. Uh, Nim, you're up next. You're also at the feet of this crucified fae. Right. So let's have some answers for what I'm dealing with on this, mm -hmm. on this crucifix. I can reach his feet. Mm -hmm. Are there daggers in each foot? Yes. Two daggers only. Right. They're like buried all the way up to the hilt. The one that's not sticking in as much is the sword that's stuck in his chest. And there's blood kind of cascading down. And it seems to be the thing that's pinning him to it the most. You know, it's in his heart. So the sword is probably my first objective to remove. And probably the most removable because these are like buried into metal up to the hilt. Whereas that one, you could feasibly pull it out. Okay, but I'm engaged right now. Correct. By two people. I can disengage one of them. You can disengage both of them. When you disengage, Excellent. you just don't provoke from your movement. Awesome. So is there a way for me to disengage? Mm -hmm. And I've got these fast hands, and I've never really used fast hands, but I can like interact with objects more than Oh, that's one. right. You're a thief. Yeah, so I can like 
do a few things. You absolutely can. Would I either scamper or simply jump? From standing, mm-hmm. I get a seven-foot jump. Oh, that's right. Yeah, thieves are cool. <laughs> like, So could I jump, grab that sword, mm-hmm. put both feet on his shoulders, and just, just rip, rip that it thing out? out? Is Absolutely. It, would I need to do that? I need you to roll me an acrobatics cool. check is what well, I need. Do it good, though. <laughs> No, you're a halfling. Day, was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Halflings can reroll ones once a day. Yes. Oh, oh, fuck badass. yeah. Good old lucky. <laughs> 20. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you cannot write this shit. Awesome. <laughs> you legit well, rolled a one and then legit rolled a 20. Uh, Are you kidding me? I'm going to fucking cry. It's uh, like a one in... Somebody take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even believe it and I'm here. Oh my god. Well, so good. That happened. So... <laughs> The drow that attacks you with his two blades swings them in an arc, and you jump up, putting your foot against his forehead and vaulting yourself into the air, grab the blade by both hands, and with your feet against the Corvair's chest, you pull it out, tumbling backwards with this glowing, radiant two-handed sword in your hands. And as you do, you see his eyes open and this purple light start to just pour out. Would you give me on this awesome 20 as I pull it out of his chest and fall backwards? Could I make one attack on the guards at his feet? Well, let's go through the action economy here. You used your bonus action to disengage because you're a rogue. Correct. You used your move action to get up to him. Yes. And you used your thieves interact with object to pull the sword out of his chest. Yes. So you have an action action left to attack. An attaction. An attaction. Uh, What kind of sword is this? A fatal attaction. A long sword. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the name of the episode? Fatal fatal attraction. This might be the first time where the title of the episode could easily have been this. We'll see how it goes. All right. Coming down on him with a 12 plus, I don't know if it's magic or what. You are proficient, but you use strength for longsword. So you're going to have a plus uh, three to hit, I think. So yeah, that was a 15. That connects. Uh, Go ahead and deal me a D8 uh, plus two damage. Seven plus two is nine. Awesome. Nice. So as you land, just slides easily Ooh, into his no shoulder. No sneak attack. Does he count as an ally? He he does. <laughs> Most excellent. That's an excellent question. All right. Slap another seven on that nine for a grand total of 16. Mm-hmm. That's tender. Right into the yeah. top of that dude's shoulder. Yes. I'm, I'm glad about all of that. Thank you for being so permissive. <laughs> I, I wanted it Thank as bad you as you did. I mean, you pulled off the 20 and everything. I got I to give you something. Plus, the move itself is awesome. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to Christ. Christ will look at the gem in his hand and say, can we get rid of the runes in the portal? Runes. All right. Christ is going to dispel magic on these runes. Okay. So what you need to do is roll me a d20 and add your spell casting bonus, which is plus seven for you. I'm scared. <laughs> yes, that is a 16. The DC is 15. Oh, oh yes. Woo. You are dispelling the fifth level spell, which makes the DC 10 plus five. The runes in the cold iron obelisk begin to fade away, and you see the structure of the cold iron itself start to crack and splinter. Like the runes were not only melting away at it and creating this fog, but they were holding it together. It's been deteriorating for days now. And it crumbles into this kind of gray metallic sand that pours out over the battlefield in the center of the courtyard. I think with the rest of my turn, he's just going to like stand behind Morty. Morty, keep me safe, please. All right. <laughs> Can I use my, my voice right now? Yeah, for sure. Because as soon as I hear, uh, Morty, protect me, I'm like, no, Morty, protect me. <laughs> uh, we'll see where Morty runs to. Um, <laughs> he's, he's definitely eager to go jump down and help Artyom, but Chris is also... Literally just asked him to stay here and protect him. So we will see. Leave it up to the dice. All right. So he's going to just remain for this turn and then jump down as soon as Chris moves out of the way. Your dog hates me. (laughs) Uh, Which is unfortunate. It's not in Morty's best favor because as Lady Belgith uses her action, she sees that you deactivate her obelisk and she turns up and says, Sorcerer, die. And her hand crackles with this black electricity as she shoots a lightning bolt out at you and Morty. So oh, roll me a dexterity shit. saving throw. Can I just absorb the elements or do I have to wait? You can use absorb element as a reaction. Yes. Can I use absorb elements for Morty and not me? Just you. Damn. Damn it. Okay. Sure. I'm using absorb elements. Okay. Um, and also roll me your dex save. Uh, 12. Understood. All right. Uh, so have you take 16 points of lightning damage. And you absorb the other 16 into the palm of your hand. 
Ooh. What? Uh, Morty also takes 16 as he made the save. Ooh, oh god. my god. Thank god. Well, I'm almost dead, guys. And now your claw is glowing with electrical energy. And that makes it Artyom's turn. There is one figure attacking you on the stairs and one in the courtyard firing up at you with his hand crossbow. I can't see. Did you do that uh, crystal thing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm hurt really bad, though. Uh, sorry. Let's see what I can do about that. I'm going to hit my shield, which mm-hmm. has that shield of faith radiating glow on it. Sure. And I want that radiating glow to echo out from me and touch everybody it can with Bless. Oh, cool. What's the range on Bless? Oh, yeah. I should check that first. <laughs> Who's the farthest from me? Arvid, I believe. Okay. How many people are within 30 feet? Uh, Chris and Nim. Well, that would be three, me, Chris, Nim, mm-hmm. and I can only use it on three. If you cast it at first level, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to cast it at first level and I'll do that. Okay, so Chris, Nim, and Artyom himself have been blessed. You have a D4 on all your saving throws and all of your attack rolls. Hashtag bless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool, and unfortunately that's a full action, which means I can't do anything except move, and I can't move because I got boys on me, so I'm just staying still. I hope that helps. Oh, I'm sure it will. That's going to make it their turn. Hopefully they don't roll quite as much dog shit this turn. Arvid is going to get bum-rushed by one of them. They're rushing at your bum. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Actually, one of them who was firing his hand crossbow throws it to the ground in frustration and charges at Arvid, who is a much more nearby target for his sword, because only one person can fit on the stairs at a time. Fair enough. All right. We're going to make some attack rolls. That crossbow and this swordman are going to attack Artyom. Bleat! Uh, the crossbow misses horribly. The sword does connect with a 24. <laughs> oh, sucker! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That is nine points of slashing damage. Yikes. The two swords that are coming in at Arvid, as these two drow charge at you, they start moving in this very tactical flanking position like they're trained military warriors that have done this a hundred times, connecting with a 17 and a 16. Mm -hmm, You're not raging yet, so you take 25 points of slashing damage. That is maximal yug. One from Max, and then two attacks coming in at Nim, mm-hmm. and then one crossbow at Christ from across the courtyard. Mm. That's just such a clean shot. How could you not take it? Uh, <laughs> He's like looking right across the thing. He's like, hey, one fuck hit, you. One, miss. one hit. Uh, you take four points of slashing damage. Ah. All right. Uh, so these drow are moving with tactical precision, shouting commands at each other in a language that only Artyom understands. And one last shot happens at Christ. Is it acceptable for me to relay what I hear? For a bit. There's a lot of shouting going on. <laughs> sure. So here and then. Yeah. Uh, the shot coming at you is a 16. It misses. I hey. see a 17. Nice. All right. So you duck out of the way before that crossbow slams into you. She once again is going to hold her action. No, actually, she's going to use her action. She begins channeling a spell and the portal begins to hum and glow stronger than it was before. So you're back. You can feel like this sucking energy starting to like whip your cloak and pull it into the portal. <laughs> That's horrible. All of this is bad. I felt so good a minute ago. Would you like to do the rage? Do the Rage and Ram. Is that your dance move? I absolutely must transform in a minute because mm-hmm. I'm down to seven hit points. <laughs> um, Yowza. Did yeah. you not spend any uh, recovery? I we, did, we... but I recovered from 14 down to like oh. 12. Okay. Yeah. Yikes. That's not great. Yeah. Can I Rage and Shape? Yep. Okay. Then let's do that. All right. So Arvid's horns grow massive as they fall forward onto their forelegs and go full ram mode as these two drow are stunned at the sight before them. An animal they've never seen in their lives. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, then I should also let forth a mighty... (laughs) (laughs) They scream and run in terror. Uh, Can you do a bassy goat noise? (laughs) Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Morty shaking off the scorch of the lightning bolt barrels along the wall and just kind of tips over the side <laughs> and sort of lands on top of the drow that's fighting Artyom on the stairs. Oh, good dog. Such good dog. <laughs> and misses. <laughs> oh, no. He just falls right with the Uh Nim, you were up. Nim is in trouble. I have wounded one. I feel like pulling the sword out and coming down i'd end up either on the side of mm-hmm. that one guard or behind them yeah you're just basically side by side with them excellent and the sword's still in them it can stay there i'm gonna take out both of my daggers my jagged black executioner's dagger and my beautiful glass and white dagger and just hit him in right in the groin okay like perfect head height for me <laughs> dag him in the dong dag him in the dong <laughs> Um, and see how that, how that beautiful goes. description stab their balls. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's plenty to hit 19 plus four plus six. Oh yes. That's why they call you the purse cutter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. 
Oh. That's horrible. And I'm still in snake attack range as well here. Very much so. Lovely. Ooh. 16 damage. All right. So the one that has the sword stuck in them pulls it out to look down at you just as the one dagger cuts across his thigh and into his crotch as this blood just <laughs> like explodes out of his leg as you hit his artery. He falls over dead. That femoral artery shit, man. That's real. Real quick, Law, I glance up at mm -hmm. Jarakas. Mm -hmm. What is this happening? At the end of your turn, he's going to do something. Okay, cool. He's responding at the time the sword was pulled out of him. I like the idea that he's up there and he's just like, oh, you wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. <laughs> I, I have enough movement to run to one of the enchanted swords on the ground, pick it up with my fast hands action, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay. You don't know that the ones on the ground are necessarily enchanted. Okay. I mean, some of them might be. You don't have a way to determine that. Okay. There's swords fucking everywhere. Is there blood on this sword? No, it's clean. Okay, forget that. I'm going to get up behind the guard that's attacking. Oh, you're going to you're going to use the crucifix of blades as cover, <laughs> like <that's> some <laughs> grim shit. I was first thinking that. Protect me, knife Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, can I attempt to hide behind the crucifix? That's how cunning action works. Yeah, um, I can kind of just do that by yeah. being a halfling too, mm -hmm. or half halfling. So, I'd like to get around that and see if this guard doesn't know where the hell I just went. Totally awesome. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check. Natty 20. What the fuck? <laughs> Nat, I want that these die. never roll like this, guys. And Ugh. so it's not that he doesn't like know where you are. You obviously ran behind the cross, but it seems like you're going to come out this way. You might come out the other. You're just in the shadows. You are Perfect. completely unknown to where to, tactically he has no idea what you're about to do. You're fully unknown. Yes. <laughs> Unknownest. <laughs> and with that, the Corvair sword begins like shrieking in pain as this purple and pink light starts pouring out of his eyes. And all of the swords in the courtyard begin to lift off of the ground. And each of them shoots in a direct trajectory at one of the drow nearby. It's a good thing I didn't pick one of those up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so the one that is attacking Artyom, a blade flies out and slashes across his ribs. And he's like on death's door. Like he's on one knee staggering to stay up. He is not me. Right. Got it. Doesn't okay. he? <laughs> I was like, hold the phone. I've got like... He just sees a drow. He's going to go... <laughs> I got like 30-some 30, 30 on health. What are you... Come on. Um, that one buries into the back of the one that was looking for Nim currently. This one falls dead as the sword crits him in the back. And this one turns around in time to kind of bat it away with both hands. And now these crossbowmen are like dropping their crossbows and covering their faces as these spinning blades are just whirling around in their face. And the Corvair sword is just screaming at the top of the lungs as the prison starts to slowly vibrate. Uh, that makes it Chris's turn. And the sorceress is just staring at you. Ooh. Chris is going to stare right back and begin to reverberate. Mm -hmm. And this particular reverberation is so high-pitched that only Morty can hear. Oh, no. Poor Morty. <laughs> I'm doing this because I will then subtly cast Shatter. Mm, where at? At the chick who who's after me. So I scream in this insanely high-pitched sound and then drop a shatter right on her and all the drought. Okay. <laughs> and she would have attempted to counterspell it, but you cast it subtly, so she does not know it's coming. <laughs> I just realized that. I was like, I can't wait to counterspell the big drop that you're going to do. And then like, you specifically said subtle spell. Mm -hmm. All right. So she's making a con save, and so is the drow in front of her. I feel like every time you've used subtle, it's been like, eh, that's yeah. not really going to do anything. And then the one time where you're yeah. like, I'm going to subtle cast it. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Roll damage. Will you roll me damage, please? Oh, sure. It's a 3d8. It's 4d8. 26 thunder damage <gasps> explodes this drow's eardrums and topples him to the ground as this animated sword starts stabbing his corpse. And the priestess like grabs her chest and blood starts pouring out of her ears and her eyes. And she's breathing heavily as the sonic energy just bombarded her. As I stare, I release that thunder energy mm -hmm. as a brilliant flash as I quickly duck behind the door. <laughs> All right. Duck into the hallway. Shazam! Gone. <laughs> <laughs> Match. Uh, that makes it Artyom's turn. All right. Well, after he goes full David Copperfield on that shit, I got to see what's going on in the scene. I'm going to go ahead and drop my shield, mm -hmm. pull out my crossbow, because mm -hmm. I already had the thorn in my hand. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. The portal's closed, right? No, it's pulsing. I thought he dispelled it. He dispelled the obelisk. Oh, shit. The thing making the poison cold iron gas. Okay. Hmm. Ding, dang, dongus. Yeah. Well, in that case, I'm not losing my shield. Okay. I'm going to entangle her. All right. So let's find out what her strength save is. Uh, surprisingly not that high. What? Uh, 
I got a 15. No, actually, her strength mod is minus one, not zero. So she got uh, 13. That's a fail. Okay. So she is entangled. As (gasps) the roots, the same kind of roots that are present on the spear itself begin to wrap around her feet. And they come all the way over just to the edge of where Arvid is standing. (sighs) That uh, makes it their turn, unless you want to do anything else or move. No, I think I'll keep it up. All right. Those two crossbowmen are going to try to stop the swords from attacking them as best as they can by grabbing them. Grabbing floating swords. Swing, fl- what else are you going to do? Swords. Let me just go ahead and... Yeah, they're just keeping them at bay to the best of their ability. I'm taking this. <laughs> uh, Morty grabs the ankles of the drow in front of you and just flips him down off of the stairs and lands on top of him. You're the literal best boy. <laughs> and you hear the snap of his neck as he hits the ground. <gasps> He looks up. <laughs> Murder pooch. That one is going to run towards the mistress and potentially get tangled up in those roots. Yup. And for her turn, she's going to survey the scene, whisper something under her breath, and cast Misty Step as she disappears into the portal. Damn. Wait, she can break restraint through that? Misty Step is a teleportation. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> and when she does that, the portal seems to fold in, and I need Arvid to make me a strength saving throw. Uh, so that's uh, plus five. Plus four. You, oh, you're a ram right now. I forgot you transformed. 16? No. 10, 12. 12. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, either way, and actually as a ram, you technically have advantage on being pushed oh, yeah. or pulled, um, which I forgot about. You made it either way, though. So you do not get sucked into the portal with her as it like kind of black hole collapses on itself. And as the obelisk is now melted away, you see the Corvair sword start to pull his hands, ripping them open on the blades. Do not kill them, I say to him aggressively. Got it. He pulls his hands free and begins to rip his feet off of the daggers that are bearing them in as blood starts to pour out of them and then slowly close up. And he lands in a pile at the foot of this massive bladed cross, breathing heavily. And you see little tiny black feathers start to sprout out of his back as he heaves and gasps. We're technically out of combat because these guys are distracted. Um, That one's dead and this one is entangled. So if you guys are trying to make them surrender, they will do so. Can I say in Dark Elf, surrender? And uh, yeah, they drop their blades. Good. Everybody good with this? Is it safe to come out now? Nim peeks her out from behind the crucifix. Mm -hmm. We get it. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) I knew I was going to have to deal with Drab eventually. Ah, Sorry. Dark Elves. So uh, where did she go? I'm guessing back to her home. Far. He stands to his feet. Thank you. I owe you a great debt. As he's saying this, I'm walking up to the uh, dark elf standing just above the crucifix. Mm-hmm. Anytime. This is part of the league quest. Tell me, what can you do with this one? I just grab him and I like kind of pull him <sighs> over to the edge and just hang him over it. We have many prison cells here. You can keep both of these souls if you give me every piece of information you get from them. Deal. Good. I drop him the, what, 15 feet? Yeah, he just cluds <laughs> one of his knees, pops. Nim has to, like, leap out of the way. <laughs> Nim, like, peeked out, and suddenly this dark elf just fucking comes toppling down. I point at the other one. Full. Yep. Like, carefully starts, like, climbing down and lets his feet dangle for a bit and then drops down to the ground. And uh, the Corvair sword will very quickly escort them both to cells, all three of them, into prison cells and lock them up clearly livid and itching to just snap their necks with his bare hands. We must spread the word back to Tomodane that the fortress is free now. I can take you there if you wish. First I need to know something. I made a deal with an entity. Cosmuriel, have I put myself in danger? Yes. With you? No. Good. You are brave and perhaps foolish. Duh, both of these are true. Do you wish for a swift journey home? I do not wish to stay in the Feywild any longer than we have to. Agreed. It's been about as weird as it can get. Understood. Then come with me to the courtyard. I ask something. Can you please free the souls of the cartographers? Hmm. I've been trying. I've made many mistakes centuries ago. The cruel acts that I did are melded with the stone and the bars here. I will continue trying. I have grown quite fond of the humans. I don't wish to see them suffer here any longer. You make me feel very warm. This is very good. And he stands like a full eight and a half feet tall. And at this point, his body is completely healed up. He leads you all up the stairs to the courtyard where you see him stand in front of a statue and look up at him. And these black raven wings sprout out of his back. And he turns into the mirror image of this statue, this giant Corvair. And he kind of lowers himself down, waiting for you guys to hop aboard. I do. Yeah. 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 He picks up Morty and his talons. 
Ungoated, of course. <laughs> that would be hard to. I can't even picture it. <laughs> You've seen kids like you know hanging out on top of people and like horses and stuff. I'm sure it'd be fine. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the Corvair sword lifts you all into the air with the beating of his mighty raven wings and carries you out of the Feywild, over the swamps, over the bramble, over the glade and the forest, and then into the Narflin, back to the mortal realm. And you see in the distance the wood fires of Tomodane and the legions of knights surrounding it, waiting to protect it, waiting for word. And he lands there in the courtyard to the sound of cheering from some of the nearby fae and some of the soldiers that are commissioned there. A couple of them come out and clap you on the shoulder and embrace you guys, shaking your hands, thanking you deeply. Artyom kind of like ducking and weaving. <laughs> the, <laughs> no, thank you very the much. The merrymaking. They're incredibly grateful and thankful. And for the time being, you can tell that you have become received as heroes here in Tomodane. The last person that you see coming out of one of the buildings is Maven, who rode here with you in the wagons. Despite some rough news lately, he has a pretty happy look on his face. And he moves forward with a big smile. You've done it again. Excellent work, Nim. You got it, sir. You outshined yourself. Good work, team. And as you lock eyes with Maven, you feel the thorns of the wand burying into your hip as it begins to writhe. <laughs> Damn, that was a wild one. Swords buzzing around like angry wasps, two powerful casters playing arcane ping pong, backstabs, and staircase battles. Uh, did you see that skinny dude turn into a giant bird? Damn, I'd hate to be the statue that thing drops one off on. <laughs> and with this dramatic finale, the Mortal Dawn have once again completed the parameters of their quest and soon will reap the rewards of their labor. Do you see the way that Archim fellow was looking at his patron? I know the stink eye when I see it. Hell, I can smell this one. More drama and intrigue are sure to follow in the wake of this triumphant return. Will we find out the fate of the missing Haruthaks? Will Nim Roundtree be the new fourth member of the Mortal Dawn? What mysterious circumstances lie behind this patron party reuniting? Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing. <laughs> Holy shit! What? Oh man, I don't want to have. Yup. See, here's the thing. I've always been like Artem's always been kind of uncertain about Maven, but it's always been like a you seem like a shady character. But fuck me, if he's like, I don't know. I don't know what it, what it means that that thing's. Yeah, I thought it was because you didn't kill uh, the 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 chick, the portal chick. No, because like it said that you'll know. When you see your enemy. Oh, that's oh. true. Yeah, it will tell you. And oh. now, now it's telling me. Oh, so, no. Uh, <sighs> I hope it's like he's of the same race of the enemy, but isn't the enemy. That's what I'm hoping. Oh, man. But Artyom doesn't splitting. buy that shit. <laughs> he's already suspicious of the fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you guys could make a Knife Jesus your new patron. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> oh, Knife Jesus. <laughs> You're the best. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, uh, I think this is a good time for us to do a quick read-off. Uh, I'm the one who starts. Yeah. It's me. I'm <laughs> Sam. Sam Frost. I play Arvid. I'm a Drew Barb aspect of goat. Good goat. What was the... You have some goaty aspects. What was the... It's like... Greatest of all time? Greatest of all time. Yeah. Goat. The G-O-A-T. <laughs> yes. <that's> oh. <laughs> uh, and... I'm holding on to the mic too long. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, I'm Alante. I play Chris, the Crystalline Sorcerer. And holy... That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Zach Barkas. I play Artyom Volkov, the cleric of Sunlight and Suffering. I'm also the editor, producer, and technical director of Slapdash Studios. My name is Law. I'm the dungeon master of the League of Ultimate Questing and the creative director of Slapdash Studios. Finally, I'm Anthony Caffiero. I played Nim Roundtree, the gnomeling thief, rogue, and paladin today. And let's hear a fucking round of applause for Anthony. For well done, Anthony. Great job. Well done, yeah, sir. All those crits, man. These dice don't lie. Those were, and I've uh, never rolled so many 20s on this oh thing. Too good. And man, a couple of ones. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am the uh, the owner and I run um, Orcs, 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 the Portland's premier pop-up Dungeons & Dragons tavern. We pop up once a month or so at Game Night Lounge on Williams, as well as other bars around town. What Orcs, Orcs, Orcs does is put together four-hour one-shots that include dinner, dessert, and D&D. Oh, way more than dinner. Well. A dream. And drinks. Yeah. And drinks. 
Yes. The food is too good. I I have been on three occasions now, and I've loved every single second of it. We're chugging along real strong. We are booking out months in advance, so get on that. Orksorksorks.com. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to read us off? Sure. This has been another recording of the League of Ultimate Questing. New episodes come out every Monday with bonus content every Friday. Find them on the social medias. Slap the Dash on Twitter and Instagram and Slap Dash Studios on Facebook. Their website, theluq.com, all spelled out, um, as well as their patreon.com slash Slap Dash Studios to find out more about donating to them, becoming a Patreon, getting that cool bonus content. I had such a pleasure playing with you guys today. When you get to see the pictures of this, it was quite a couple of battles of setup, everybody. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, and with that, uh, we wish you luck.